You are now listening to the Sons of Swanee Sportscast. Somebody say oh my and give them dog six. Sons, welcome in to another episode of the Sons of Swanee Sportscast. Hunter Abercrombie along the way with Mr. TJ Vickers. Vic, what up, dog? Hanging in there. Been a busy week. This is a short week. Still a busy week, though. Those always seem to catch up to you. When you get Monday off, it just seems like everything else just speeds up. Yeah, so we were talking about moving our recording day to Monday, which we're going to do. And I told you, I was like, yeah, let's do it today. Only today was Tuesday. Yep. You mentioned that, and I totally, I was with you there. Yeah. I'm not going to complain about the day off, though. No, that the was day nice. of labor. That was nice. That was nice. This week's ep- uh, sponsor on the Sons of Swanee is, hey, new business, Inside Out Nutrition. Our girls, Brittany and Brianna Shear, have opened up a new, I don't know, what was it, juice bar, health juicy bar thing? Look, they offer meal replacement shakes and energizing teas. Come out, check it out. Nice. It, it, if you follow them on Instagram, they, they've gotten some pretty good reviews Yeah, so man, far. it looks pretty good. And it's out there by CrossFit, right? So, yeah, I mean, I'm there. Right, right over there, yeah. Well, I'm going to so. need them to open up early, you know, because I'm an early CrossFit guy. Well, I think they said they open at 6 a.m. more times than Oh, there so, you go. So. Okay. All right. So, get you a little Dirty Green Goes, then get you some Inside Out. And, and it's a one-stop shop. And then go on about your day. It's, you know, it's like the airport hair care and tire center there, like my man Ron White would say. <laughs> that's it's right. It's a one-stop shop. For we got everything day. for you right there. That's right. That's right. Hey, you know, so we always say like, hey, TJ, tell the folks where, where they can find us. I think at this point we could just say, you know what? If you have social media, find us. Yeah. Or if you have podcasts, we're, that's where we're, we're We're out there. In, in the social media world, in the podcast world, you, you type in Sons of Swanee. Fun thing about us, we're one-on-one, baby. There ain't, there ain't nothing else like us out That's there. That's right. And for remember, better or for worse, there ain't nothing else like us out there. So find, search, just search Sons of Swanee and you'll find us. That's right. And remember, five stars only. Doesn't matter anything else. So, TJ, my God. I mean, we get off to some starts, baby, don't we? With the dogs? Yes. Other teams get off to some starts, too. Good gracious. So, I just want to mention this stat. So, so far in our two guys. So, dogs come home Friday night against Westside. 43-13 victory. However, at the half, it was six to nothing, which means in our two regular season games thus far, we have scored a combined seven points in the first half and seventy-eight in the second. Please explain, TJ. I, I just I don't get it. I you know the the week one game, Dixie County didn't have a very plentiful roster, so okay, you get to the second half, you start wearing this team down. Not that it's a one A ball club necessarily, because obviously there are some very good one A ball clubs that you probably don't wear down quite as well, but you start wearing them down. Not a very deep roster. Start eating away at it, a little bit of tempo, get some cramps early on in the season. Okay, we can understand that. If you went to the game last Friday night, Westside had to bring about three buses to fit all their football players mm-hmm. on. Now, number 77 needed to take one bus by himself because yes. he was such a large individual. So it might have been four buses, but the fact that we were still able to run that 6A school out of Jacksonville into the ground, that really just speaks to, I think, the rotation that we have, the depth that we have, where we don't tire our own guys out, uh-huh. but the off-season conditioning and what Coach Marcy and Coach Hall and all of them do to get their guys ready to play and then keep them in playing shape. Because you you will see this early in the year more times than not, where teams get a little bit gassed, teams get a little bit winded. Not us. We're on the ball. We're ready to go. And I'd rather be a second-half team than a first-half team, I guess. But yeah, it, I, don't, it, does, it hasn't looked very pretty in the first half each no, game. No, no, it looked... Off, I mean, let's just be honest, call a spade a spade. Friday night, it was bad. Now, they got off the bus looking like the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I'll go, when oh, I saw yeah. it, I said, good, gosh, I'm out of Them are some large human beings. Yeah, my, my best guess whenever I saw number 77 was, okay, he's going to drive up to Atlanta to tomorrow to play for the Alabama Crimson Tide. <laughs> yeah. Because that that's the only way that I could describe how well, just how he looked. Based off of their team, they would have been he would have been a little bit late considering they showed up for a 7.30 kickoff at 7.15. Yeah. So having said that, you know, we didn't start until 7.45. And I didn't like that they were late and they only got a five-yard delay of game penalty. I think it should be a yard for every minute we have to start late like because that. of you. So like it should that. have been a 15. We started at 7.45. But if it would have been 8 o'clock, I want you to back them up to their own dadgum 15. That's bullcrap. Well, and another thing, too. They, everybody knew the time. They, they show up late and 
it's nothing against their fans. I'm sure it was just, you know, some mom pops, maybe some grandpa grandpas. They didn't really have that many fans, but they still felt the need to put their cheerleaders out there, hold their little sign up, and then run to our forever to do it. They were late, so we were already running behind schedule. We were out on the field. We had already played God's Country twice almost, it seemed like, and we're ready to go. We're, we are literally on the field ready to I think we what we returned the ball, right? We, we, we were we, yes. we were receiving the ball. We had all eleven guys out there ready to go, and they had just broke through their banner. Yeah. Like, that should be another delay of game there's right there. Few, yeah. So don't. I mean, don't. Get, there's a few things. Don't get me started on. By the way, I'm no longer. So this is this is the dead. The horse is dead. We've we've like he's like halfway buried. So this is me just throwing the last little bit of dirt. I'm I'm not allowed to talk about how we don't make enough noise in the stands anymore. Okay. God bless you, Randy May, our announcer. Yes. Did his best Friday night. Come on, but what was funny is so Randy would say, "Hey, let's get loud for the Bulldogs," and we'd get loud for that like two seconds. But yeah. then before the actual play happened, when we needed to be loud, we were back quiet again. But that's it. I'm done. I'm done. I've said my piece. It is what it is. I wish we had half the people and double the noise. But hey, nothing we can do about it at this point. I'm done. I'm done talking about it. Happy to have the support. Appreciate it. Everybody can now go back to talking about what Susie's going to wear to church on Sunday, and we'll all we'll be happy. And you know, it's just. You know, are you not entertained? Entertain me, dogs, then I'll then I'll cheer. Listen, I know we don't get off to the best of starts, so there's not much to cheer for in the first half. But the second half has been electric for both games. But I didn't realize we had so many golf fans because they're clearly in a gallery with someone <laughs> holding up a sign that says quiet. That's right. I don't understand it. This is it. I, I don't All understand right. it. Let's no, just, I'm not. I don't no, want to be done. Let's just I get it out. Let's just it. get it out now. I and want we're done. I want to split the student section into thirds. Okay, put them. Put. I want like a, a middle right down Broadway Street. Okay, mm -hmm. splitting the quarterback club up right down the middle. I think, what and we then we can have one on the other end of the section, and we can leave the other third where the student section already is. I think what we need to do is put up. Like, you need to video Friday night, just, you know, turn around, video the stands, and then you need to put put it like a side-by-side -side of the YouTube video of the 1987, like, game versus Hardy County versus what we have now, and let's just see what happens. Again, this is it, so let's just get it out now, get it all off our chest, and we'll move on with life. God bless the student section. And we got to bring do it. Well, God bless the student section. They we bring don't, it. We don't do worth the crap creating atmosphere either, because, I mean, we don't play music. The mu It's just dead air. You know, so, I mean, we got to... Eh, I'm... If you want to keep going, I'm done. I'll, I'll stop. My wife says I've, I've, you know, said my piece. Have you had to put get, put yourself on like blood pressure medicine because no. of this? Because of this no, one thing? It's just stupid, man. I just don't understand why you go to a game. It literally is like entertain. You know, I'm gonna sit here until you do something worthy of me clapping for you, rather than let me help the the kids by you mm -hmm. know being a little bit loud for him. You know what I'm saying? And these kids absolutely feed off that environment. I, mm -hmm. I definitely think I can go back to the Madison game last year. We brought it from Madison last year. We had the crowd. We were into it. It's okay, dog. And then that blocked field goal attempt that they scooped up for 99 yards yep. and just sucked the win out of ourselves, you could feel it on the sideline, in the stands, and you know what? We just never recovered from I'm that. I'm just telling you, man, when Baker comes October 29th, you're going you're gonna to see what it's supposed to look like. That's fine. We'll see then. But it's all good. But hey, moving on. It is what it is. Appreciate everybody coming out. You know, wasn't a bad crowd. We could have more people, whatever. <laughs> we but, just um, spent the last seven minutes talking bad about it. But you appreciate them coming out. That is so insincere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. Oh, my Thank God. you for your $5 at the game. <laughs> You're not the AD anymore. You don't have to talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. We want to remind everyone that the opinions expressed are not those of the Swanee County School District or Superintendent Ted Rouse, no, or in this no. case, Principal Carl Manor or Athletic Director Frank Allen. We are on our own on this <laughs> we one. We on might be island. talking to nobody like we said a couple weeks ago, but we are definitely on our own on this one. God, we are on the island. All right, so getting back to it. So we, we come out, we start terribly. Um, you know, Lane gets a, a pass tip to the line on the second play from scrimmage, just intercepted. And, um, you know, from there, I mean, it's a lot, it's a lot of defense. Um, we shot ourselves in the foot. God, we shot ourselves in the foot. Four turnovers in the first half. Um, you know, we fumble a punt. We we have another fumble kind of down when we're driving. We throw a back foot interception. So we had some bad things, but defensively, we played really well. Um, they weren't world beaters on offense or anything like that. And God, I just feel like though, man, I don't know. And I don't know. I shouldn't. I don't know enough about about football to say this really, but. I feel like if that team was really, really in in shape, like you said, 
and really well coached on offense, God, they give people trouble, man. Because defensively, until they got worn mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. they were sporty. They were in it. They were really good, especially that D line. It was as advertised. Yeah, that it looked like four or five Jadavian Clowney's coming off the line it of really, scrimmage because yeah. it, it was scary. And I, I think for those of you who didn't get a chance to go out there, Cody Lang basically played the entire game until Tillerson got a little bit of a late run. Yeah, I I even asked Kyler that yesterday on the coaches show. I said, hey man, was was that D line any consideration as far as okay, well we might have to be running for our lives on a few plays, so let's go with a more mobile option. And of course, he's a he's a coach, and he gave a little bit of a coach speak answer where he's like, well we had to worry about blocking them first. We trusted our guys on our. I thought line. that the, I thought that was good though. I thought we it blocked was, it up. It was, yeah. There, there, I mean, now there's gonna be a few times where they get through, and I mean, if, yeah. you, if you had a chance to see what number seventy seven looked like, okay, you're not gonna block that guy every single play, just like you're not gonna block Tony McKinney every play, just like you're not gonna block Austin Smith, Jadarius uh, Cherry. You're not gonna block our guys every single play, so. When you got horses on the other side of the ball, you're not going to expect to block them every single time either. But I think they did do well. I, I think it took them to settle in a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it, it took them saying, hey, we're just as good as these guys and we can handle them. And maybe there was that little bit of a shell shock moment at the beginning of the game. But like you said, Hunter, I think they settled in very well and they played for an overwhelming majority a very solid game. Yeah, I thought the O-line did a good job. I mean, we just we have way too many self-inflicted wounds. And Cody is young, and but I think Cody... You know, and I haven't talked to Coach Hall about this. I don't know. I just feel like Cody, like you said, there's a little bit more mobility there than you get with Tillotson. But I, I really like both of them. I don't think anybody's down on Bronson Tillotson. Not at all. It's no. just, um, you know, I just – and I was – I'll be honest with you. I was a little surprised after the half that Cody came back out because of the couple of mistakes. The one was a tip ball. That's going to happen. But the one interception was really yeah, a very, very poor that, yeah. decision off our back foot, just throwing it up in the end zone. The kid made a really good play. He tipped it up in the air to himself. Mm. You know, a little tip drill, whatever. But, you know, some of that – but he made some good decisions. But I also saw a few times where Coach Beach would – you know, he'd make a read and Coach Beach would point to where the ball should have gone. Mm-hmm. And that's part of – we said it at the beginning of the year. That's going to be part of the process of him maturing and even Tillotson if he's in there. You know, getting these varsity reps really for the first time and we're going to have to live with some of that for either yeah. guy, I think. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about our college teams here later on, but something that, as a Florida Gator fan, Dan Mellon has said consistently is that switching from Kyle Trask to Emory Jones, Emory isn't going to make the routine plays look so routine like Kyle did, Mm -hmm. but he's going to make an explosive play that there's no chance Kyle would have ever made last year. And there is, to a lesser extent, of course, you're, you're going to deal with that somewhat with Cody Lang. Like, okay, he might miss this read here. He might not have been able to identify correctly the pre-read snap or where the ball needed to go. More than likely, Tillotson might have made that right play. But there's just going to be a couple times. There was a one time in the first half, I believe it was in the second quarter, Tillotson, or excuse me, Cody Lang, the right-handed quarterback, rolling out to his left, just does like a, like a cornhole pitch mm-hmm. to Malachi. And Malachi one-hands it. And it ended up being called back for, I think, a holding at the line of the scrimmage no, or something. No, you don't say. Yeah, of one of our 20 we'll get into one, that in a minute. 21 or 22 penalties we had that night. But the just the play itself, I mean, you're not going to see very many quarterbacks make that play. Rolling to the opposite side of where his hand should be going, you know, to throw the ball, he just pitches it out there. Malachi made a great catch as well. And 27 yards later, he finally gets brought down. Now, again, they got brought back to the line of scrimmage, you know, or backed it up a little bit because of the penalty. But that had nothing to do with Cody. That had nothing to do with Malachi. That's just a couple playmakers making a play. Yeah, I mean, and Malachi had a good game, you know, and I was impressed that he bounced back because he did have the couple fumbles early. Yeah. And so it was good to see him bounce back. Um, getting into the penalties, man, I don't I don't know the final number. You I know, think it was 21. 21 penalties. So We had 21, they had 25. I mean, that's ridiculous. Now, look. A lot of them were absolutely legit, but I thought a couple of them were ticky-tack. My, the one that really irked me was the excessive celebration after Malachi returns a kickoff mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a touchdown because that's an, a momentum-changing play. They've just cut the lead to, I think, It was 15-13 at that 15 point. 15 13 time, yeah. We returned the ensuing kick 75 yards. We're not taunting them. Nope. We're not you know up in their grill. We've just got kids in the end zone celebrating, mm-hmm. and they throw – and I – they throw a flag. Mm-hmm. And speaking with an unnamed coach from the staff, they couldn't really give – like Kyler, I think, went out to the White Hat and they said on the headsets you could – and Kyler's asking, you know, what what did we do? Did we taunt? Did we 
no, no, and well, why did you? Well, celebration, coach, and if you don't stop, you're about to get one. That's what the back judge told. Oh me. yeah, that's what he said. And Keller said, I mean, I looked at the white hat, and he just looks at me like, I mean, you know, I'm crazy, but that was just tick. You gotta these are. These are kids. You know, I know we said the college kids. Man, these are men. These are men. They're not really kids. These are high school kids. They're going to get excited. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there's some stuff that can't happen. We can't throw a ball up in the air after we get a fumble, you know, after we recover a fumble. I got it. There's, that's no doubt. That's stupid. But we can't have a blindside block 30 yards oh down the field. Oh, my God. That one was On a punt return too. that was going to set us up inside the inside 10 Inside the line. 10, and we block a guy in the back 30 yards behind the play. Yeah. That kind of stuff has – it has to be cleaned up. I don't know what we're – what what the missing link is at practice with that. And like Kyler had said, I think when we talked to him, you know, you get an idea before the game for what kind of officiating crew you're going to have with their temperament and what kind of stuff they're going to allow and what they're not. But, I mean, to throw 45 or 46 flags in a game, that's that's a little much, man. That's a little much. Yeah, I mean, we talked about on the front end of this episode – where Hunter brought up, hey, they showed up late, so we didn't get a, a 7.30 start. It didn't start until close to the 7.50. I honestly think it took seven hours and 50 minutes to complete that third quarter because of how many it penalties was, and how – I mean, there were some touchdowns. There was some scoring finally that got mixed in as well. So that's going to prolong the game a little bit. But every other play, it seemed like there was some kind of penalty, not even offsetting penalties like we had last week with some of the games. But – I mean, yeah. that was just bad. 21 penalties, 162 yards, six unsportsmanlike conducts, three false starts, three offsides, three blocks in the back, and a partridge in a pear tree. I mean, that's insanity, man. We can't do that. We have got to clean that up. That will get us beat against, against the, the Madisons, Baker, the Bakers, the who knows. Florida maybe the Heights. Heights well, the Florida yeah, Heights. Yeah. That will get your butt beat. We have got to figure that out, and we have got to get a lot smarter on some of these things we do. It's just no excuse for it. There's no. really not. No. There's really not. Because they're clearly not feeding off the energy of the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. We're done. Oh, sorry. 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 So what other thoughts did you have from the game? I had a couple more, but I want to give you a chance to see what else you, you needed or what you had. I, I don't know what, what magic sauce we're doing at halftime. I go into the locker room with them at halftime, and it's not – a rah-rah speech, it's not a huge X's and O's speech. Now, we do have a very in-depth coaching staff, Beach on the offensive side, Marcy on the defensive side of the ball, and we've talked about it before, so we don't need to keep bringing it up a lot, where they are so smart at what they see that yeah. you give them a couple reads at, at a certain play, at a certain formation, and they're going to be able to diagnose and break down what they need to do. And I think Coach Hall referred to it last night when I spoke with him that they did give them a couple of looks defensively that they kind of weren't expecting to do. It was a 3-3 stack. They knew that was coming, mm-hmm. but there were some looks within that set formation that they weren't maybe prepared for. And, I mean, that's totally fair, right? You yeah. Get, you get this game scheduled on, what, a Wednesday afternoon? Wednesday afternoon. So, yeah, you, yeah you, have, you have one practice, a walkthrough on Thursday, running out the tunnel Friday, go figure out how to beat them. So, to get caught off guard by a couple of looks in that first half – that's going to happen. And you know what? You could even say that a little bit about Dixie County as well because that was a game that wasn't our initial opponent. But we got to figure out a way to just come out and, and execute cleaner and just really the penalties. It's just such a huge thing. Oh, my and, and a lot of it really is just, well, it's just it's drive, simply discipline. It's, simply yes. discipline. And it's just drive killers. And, you know, like you said, you can never have a flow. The game never gets into a flow. With all that stoppage. And that's when we finally start wearing away at teams. When we can get into a tempo, we can get onto the ball, and we can run our offense, and we can run these teams into the ground like we eventually do, that's where we find our momentum at. But if we're getting a, a false start, if we're lining up offsides offensively, yes, which <laughs> that's hard to do, yes. we're bringing the ball back. We're giving them a chance to rest because they got to get together pick the flag up, make the call and all that, that's 45 seconds to a minute right there where if you're a little bit winded, that's you're grateful for that minute mm-hmm. right there where instead of it being a cleanly executed play where you can get right back on the ball and they can't even get their hand in the dirt to line up and run the play defensively, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. That, I mean, that's the understatement of the year when you have yeah. 21 penalties for a football field and a half worth, yes. of, uh, worth of yardage. I mean, that's incredible. It really Four is. turnovers and close to 150 yards penalty-wise. And we still put up 42 points. And we were one for eight def- uh, on offense efficiency for third down conversions. Wow. You go one for eight, you have four turnovers, and you have a football field and a half worth of penalty yards. And you still somehow put up 42 points in the second half, 
knowing you put up zero in the first half. Without Garrison Beach. Without Beach. Because we can't go a week without somebody being contact trace. We can't go a week with a set opponent, which we'll we'll get into in a minute as well. (laughs) Well, there was a couple more thoughts I had. If I were to say on offense somebody needs more touches, who would I be talking about? Fryer has been a little a little MIA. We have to get Fryer the ball. And it's I don't and I think there was twice the other night. Cameron Fryer has to touch the ball. His best play the other night was he was holding because Beach was out, so he was the holder on a on a uh, kick opportunity yep. on a field goal. Field opportunity, goal, I yep. should say. It was a fourth and eight. About. Yeah, it was fourth and eight. The snap rolls back to him. He picks it up and just takes off around the end, makes a guy miss, and now we got a first down. We've got to find him. You know, Lang has to find him. And there was a couple times where I saw Coach Beach pointing at him where Cody didn't make the right read. And Cameron got frustrated. And I'll be there honest. There was one with time, you. yeah. Where there, was a, there was a time he got frustrated, but I didn't I don't mind no, that. No, not because at all. that's not frustrated as look at me. That's frustrated as because I know I'm a player and I need to get I need to have the ball right there. And it and it was a moment of frustration where he took his helmet off and, and just kinda like let out like a yeah. a primate roar almost. Right. And that was it. It wasn't like he went over to Beach, it wasn't like he went over to Coach Hall right, or the right, quarterbacks right. and was like, You have got to find me. You have got to get me in the game plan. You have got to make this no, work it where I get touched. It, it was just that right there yeah. alone. And let's go back. I like that. I let's, like it. Let's go back to this fourth and eight play. Because I talked to Braxton Green after the game on that. I said, mm-hmm. Braxton, have you ever – and so for those of you who don't know, if the snap gets rolled back, if the, if the hold is mishandled in one way or another, the kicker is supposed to yell fire. Basically yeah. just meaning evacuate the game plan of executing yeah. this kick – Let's try to figure out a way to just schoolyard ball a first down or just not make this any worse than really what it is right now because more times than not, that's what's going to happen. So the snap gets rolled back, like Hunter said. Camden picks it up. Braxton yells, fire, 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 and just all pandemonium breaks loose. The next thing you know, Camden Fryer runs for 10 yards on a fourth and eight. So I asked Braxton afterwards, I said, what was that like? Like, be honest with me. He's like, man, that was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, notice we, Braxton ran the opposite direction of Camden. <laughs> so, so here's why he said he did that. Him and Beach have a set play. Yeah. Where Beach pulls an LSU and flips it flips over the it back over of his head, head. And yeah. Braxton catches it in stride and takes off you know, the end zone. Yeah, you know, dives into the end zone. Glorious, you know, and everyone chants his name, and yeah, beautiful. Carry him off the field like Rudy. Yeah, let, let's be careful on that, Braxton. I mean, <laughs> you're five six at the most, you know, <laughs> soaking wet, maybe 125 pounds on a good yes. day. So yeah, you don't want to be out there on the perimeter with some of them yeah. guys coming at you. But man, but he, that was that was a funny play. And Braxton was like, "Yeah, man, never got to do that before. That was kind of fun." Yeah, but he's such a weapon, man, with the kickoff. I mean, you know, just the other team not even having an opportunity. Um. Another great job by him the other night. I don't know how many out of his kickoffs were, you know, touchbacks, but it was a majority. Mm-hmm. And so, man, what a luxury to have with him. But yeah, that was a that was a really good play by Camden. But he's got to get more touches, man. He just does somehow, somewhat. Yeah. He's just he's too good of a player for us to not find a way to get him the ball. Now we overthrew him a couple times. One got called back from a penal, for a penalty, of course. But we've got to find a way to get creative, and even when they're keying on him, find a way to get him touches. And not to speak bad or anything like that but sometimes it doesn't even have to be creativity it's just get the ball turn around throw, throw it. it the very first touchdown we yeah. had versus hamilton this year yeah, was, was special, just though. all right get the ball cleanly throw it out there get a good block by chase smith 52 yards later he's in the end zone touchdown well, jet that's sweeps, it. whatever yeah we, little we, bubbles whatever and that, that's such an easy way you know like you say like okay in basketball if if your guy isn't getting his game going you give him a chance to go to the free throw line see the ball go in a couple times next thing you know he's dropping 15 20 points and a half you could very easily say the same thing with Fryer. Just get him a couple easy touches, like you said. Next thing you know, hey, something, something's working in our favor, and that's the guy you have to have in the game plan, and and defenses have to account for him. So yeah. we might as well, you know, well, make it work. So pregame the other day, um, I don't know if you know anybody really knows this, but there was a chance we didn't know if Andrew Brown was going to play because he was under the weather. He wasn't feeling real good with right. stomach issue, but he did play. But I tell you, I've also been impressed with Jacob Dyer. I think he's going to be a player. He's only a sophomore. So I say that only to say, you know, Andrew being a senior, I feel good about the linebacking core for next year. If Dyer moves to the middle, uh, Sam and Will Wainwright, you know, came in and did a really good job the other night. Jadarius Cherry, it looks like he's going to be a D-end. But, you know, I think you've got some pieces there. We're very early in 2021, but just looking ahead, I've been really impressed by the play of the young guys on defense so far. Yeah, you can see the torch being passed, you know, firsthand. Of course, Andrew Brown said, hey, this is my year, and we're going to make the most of it, and you're going to ride with me here next to me. But 
like you said, Hunter, it, it's such an easy transition to have Dyer say, okay, you're going to be that next guy in line. Mm-hmm. Like we've always said going into this year, it's, it's just been such a natural progression quarterback-wise that it, there hasn't been any kind of quarterback competition. There hasn't been any kind of quarterback controversy in Swanee for quite some time because it was just, this is my year, you're up next. And you can very easily say the same thing with the middle linebacker position. Andrew Brown, this is your year. Jacob Dyer, it's all yours next year. But you're a huge part of this equation this year as well. Yeah, I thought the defense played well overall. Um, You know, we had the one bust on fourth down late, you know, kind of or in the first half where they scored their their touchdown on a long pass. They got down there to around the seven, I think, and then were able to punch it in. But that was on fourth and 15, you know, so – um, you don't want that to happen, but it's going to happen from time to time. And that's what – and Coach Marcy was worried about that. He said, you know, I'm not worried about them sustaining drives. It's the home run plays. That's what I'm concerned about. And they had a couple. And go back to Dixie County. Dixie mm-hmm. County hit us over the top yep. with a big play yep. like that. So that, Yeah. And that's going to happen. happen. That's just going to happen. And so – but, hey, you know, all in all, uh, a good win for the dogs. It is great to see how well we respond to adversity in the second half because you put that in your memory bank – and as we get further into the season, you can always go back to that. When times get a little tough and you're facing a little adversity, hey, listen, second half, this is our time. This is what we do. We've done it before, you know, bought the T-shirt. So let's do it again. But you don't want to get too dependent upon that. No, we've, the got, same to, time. No, we've yeah. got to start better. And, there, of course, I wasn't saying that you were necessarily right. saying that. But, you know, the, there was a, a time, you know, last year where I was like, all right, well, we can just we can, we'll, we'll figure it out. Don't worry, guys. It's like, well, no, you, you can't just rely on uh, turning it up an extra notch even as much as you want to. Sometimes you're going to be facing better opponents where they're going to play four quarters, and it doesn't matter how good of a half you have. If they played a four-quarter game and you only had a good half, more times yeah. than not, the team that played those four quarters well, they're going to come out on top. Yeah. And so this Friday night, so we'll get into it real quick, um, you know, buried the lead a little bit, I guess you could say, but we're scheduled to play Hawthorne Friday night from what we have heard today. Um, Hawthorne is having to be COVID-tested tomorrow which would be thursday morning because apparently they played pk young last week one lineman from pk young potentially uh tested positive for covid and so now alachua county is requiring hawthorne to test i guess maybe their line lineman what it sounded like Mm -hmm. and so i can imagine you know not being a big fan of alachua county anyway this just kind of adds to that but I'm guessing if Hawthorne does test positive, the plan right now is to have this be our bye week and move the Hawthorne game to week six, I guess you could whatever, say. Which October would, 1st, whatever October 1st, be, yeah. whatever. That would be our bye week. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we'll we'll obviously have more information on that. Well, we, you won't hear from us again before yeah. the decision is made. But You know we, how we set up we're on social media? Yeah, yeah check, check it out there. Yeah. So we had an interview scheduled for this week with um, someone from Hawthorne close to the program, kind of like we did last year with Baker County. But we pushed that because we don't know if we're going to yeah. have it. So we didn't want to do an interview that yeah. you know, didn't make a lot of sense if we're not going to end up playing Friday night. Yeah, we like our interviews to be timely and conscientious, I guess, of what we're going on with. And the interview that we potentially had lined up was Coach Rufus Jefferson, who was the inside linebacker coach at Hawthorne Hornets. And also that last name, if you follow high school football in any way and know anything about Hawthorne, that is the quarterback's last name, Tyler Jefferson. That is his father. Yeah. So. Coach Jefferson and I actually go back to our Union County days where I did play-by-play for them, and he was their basketball coach and also part of the defensive staff there for Union County. So, you and I, I equate Union County a lot to Swanee County, where if if you grew, if you grew up in Swanee County, if you grew up in Union County, you kind of know like, hey, this next group of kids, look sure. out for them. So this was five six years ago, and they were like, hey, this Tyler Jefferson kid, he's going to be pretty good. Yeah. And sure enough, here we are now where he's at Hawthorne, not in Union, but nonetheless, he looks the part and he might be a future quarterback for your Florida State you Seminoles. Know. He does have an offer from Florida State, I understand. Several other offers, Kentucky. So that know, was something that we were hoping to get into sure. with Coach Jefferson and just kind of talk a little bit about what Tyler hopes to get out of his college and what, what he's looking for. But hopefully we'll still be able to get to that interview. It might be a couple weeks later from now, but nonetheless, no interview this week because we don't really know. We don't know. We there. don't know, man. We don't yeah. know. So we shall see. And the hope is by the time you listen to this, that decision has been made and we got football Friday night. Yep. But if not, you know, it's just another adjustment. I mean, it's been two weeks in a row to start the regular season. So, or, you know, potentially two weeks in a row. So we've had a change of schedule, I should say, the first two weeks of the season. So Yeah, if you printed out a schedule to begin this back year, in the day, just, just trash it, bro. Yeah. Trash it. Get rid of it. Yeah. Because it, it probably says Donnellan. It probably says Santa Fe. And now it might say Hawthorne, where we're, we're, we're three, could be 3 0 after this Friday with not a single opponent, actually, who we scheduled and who we had in mind. I mean, it's just, you know, what are you going to do, man? 
COVID gone COVID, I guess you could say. Vid gone vid, baby. That's right. That's right. So um, looking forward to it. We'll have more for you next week on that. I mean, whether we have a game or not. So moving on, um, I did want to mention real quick while we're still on football, great game last night by the Swanee Middle School Bullpups, beat Lake City 22-14. to And, um, man, I tell you, what was impressive about that was – we got behind in the first quarter, fourteen mm-hmm. to nothing. So I'll tell this story because it's pretty funny. I mean, I maybe it's just funny to me. I don't know. So Columbia um, goes down. They score first, obviously, and they come back and get an onside kick. Well, as we're standing there, our athletic director Andrew Chapman says, "Hey, I just got a text from the trainer because we have a trainer now, which is awesome. Um, just got a text from the trainer that we have a lightning strike within seven miles. Do I need to go ahead and stop the game?" And about that time, Lake City's running back, who was very good, went around the end and ran through our cornerback. I mean, it was not pretty. And I said, yeah, about time for the old lightning delay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, that was just, you know, we were just kind of Should have called the play earlier, Chapman. <laughs> so we did, we did end up having a lightning delay, having a strike within eight miles. And so it obviously worked out well because Coach Stebbins and the boys went inside. He made some adjustments, and Columbia did not score again. We were able to get two uh, scoopers, two strip sacks that we scooped and scored at the one on the last play of the first half to make it 22 to 14, and that's how it ended, man. So, really good win takes the pups to three and zero, and the future, like you said, with with Tyler Jefferson, how they said, you know, hey, watch out for this kid. Well, I'm telling you, this you this middle school group, yeah. group is gonna. I'm telling you, we're about to go on a little bit of a, a run here where I'm not saying we're going to be world beaters and have undefeated seasons. I'm just saying we're going to be very competitive for the next several years in football. Just please pre- preach discipline. Just oh, start, yeah. at, start at the middle school level. So, well, Coach Hall ain't got to worry about it that much by the time they're ninth graders. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have some of that, unfortunately, with the age of the kids. But, hey, it is what it is. But good win for the pups there. And also, um, moving over to volleyball, SMS won the Swanee River Classic that was hosted at the high school this week. I guess they had a ju- junior varsity division. Well, the middle school went ahead and won the junior varsity division. So good job to our lady nice. pups and Coach yeah. Larita Hunter. And um, and also, so I wanted to talk a little bit about volleyball, and I wanted to get your take on something. So, you know, listen, man, I don't under- here's what I don't understand. And I'm not, I'm not specifically talking about this year. But this year is included in this. I, I don't understand where the what we're missing in volleyball because we're missing something. And I say that because, you know, we just – our record is never indicative of – what's the word I want? Quality play, I guess you should say. So I haven't had a chance to get out there this year. And I know we got coaches that work hard, and I know we got good girls who are good athletes. But I see these schools like a Bell High School or a Brantford or, you know, these very small schools with way less students than us doing really well in volleyball. And I just wonder what the missing piece is for us. I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? it, it that's just a little strange to me, I guess. But you could look at it, and we're, we're talking about it in the volleyball sense right now, but you could look at what Madison does for football. They have a much smaller population to pick they from. They do. And they get it done more times than not, and they come here and wear a much higher – classification to them and they put it on us for the last 20 and years and essentially that's, and that's true that so, I, I don't know that's well like we said it's not like our coaches don't work hard our girls are dedicated to the sport and they want to perfect their craft as best as they can but just right now it's not working in their favor and if you want to go back to last year look at the way the softball team started yeah but then look at the way they closed out maybe they're just trying to find some footing right now and and figure out the right combination of pieces get mm-hmm. the right lineups get the right sets in there and maybe it's like we talk about with the dogs football team, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Well, that right now yeah. they're we're in the first half of the season. Let's see how the second half of the season goes. Well, we we did beat you know in our classic or in our our invitation we hosted, we did beat Gobby, we did beat Rickards. When those are two five eight or whatever classification we are for volleyball three a four a, but you know I mean then you look at you know we lose three zero to Dixie County. Um, you know we lose three one to Bradford. We lose. Alcilla Christian, that's a private school, so it's a little more understandable. I just, I don't know. I want to see volleyball take off a little more. You know, it's mm-hmm. been several years since we won a district title now under Coach April Green. That was a really good year. But just with the athletes we have out there, we talked about a couple weeks ago with their roster. I just don't, I don't know. I, I need to get out there and see it, I guess. and just understand see it firsthand. Maybe what, we'll get a better what, understanding. What we're missing with volleyball, because we just don't have a lot of history with that. You know, we've had years where we've been really, really good in softball, 
and that volleyball, we've just never been able to sustain anything. And so I want to see that change. And that's why I bring it up, not to be critical other than to say, you know, you are who you're, what your record says you are. And right now we're two and five, and, you know, we got, we're supposed to go to Lafayette yesterday. I think that got canceled from what I read. So now we got Osceola Christian coming up, Fort White, you know, Hamilton County. So what you would think are some winnable games. So maybe we need to come back in a week or two and see what happens. Yeah, we can readdress the situation later on. But just a little bit of a rough start. Hopefully they'll get it figured out. And who didn't get off to a rough start is the swim team. Yes, sir. I saw that. Got got off to a big victory versus West Nassau Warriors yesterday. Peyton Slaughter set a new record in the 50 freestyle at 22 seconds, .59, breaking his own record. Fresh off of a little bit of an absence for Peyton. And all he does is just... You know, break his own record That's to right. start off the year. So, never a bad time to set a record and to have your first swim of the year in the 50 freestyle go for a school record. That's never a bad thing. Again, we're recording on a Wednesday right now, so probably whenever this drops tomorrow and you guys get a chance to listen to it, it'll be Thursday, but they take on Yuli at home with the meet starting at 4.30. So, right. you know, all I've done is... Come to one event, and here we are. Girls won, guys won, and a record has been set. I mean, I think, you know, there's a pattern there. Yeah. You know. Good we'll... good hire by Frank Allen and, and Coach Doug Morgan. <laughs> actually, right. well, I, I actually haven't filled out an application yet, so let's not get too far ahead Ooh, of Oh, hey, yeah, hey. This, we're going to have to, you know, extend this out, you know, yeah. whatever. Breaking some laws. <laughs> Market. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, so, so moving into our teams, TJ, I mean, dude. I, I, let's start, you know, we usually start with Florida. I'm going to start with the, the Knowles today. Go ahead, man. man. Go ahead. I want to get your thoughts. I, I was I'm, I was thrilled, you know. I mean, I get it. It's almost like if you come that close, you might as well win the Joker. But, man, if you'd have told me before the game, hey, you're going to overtime with Notre Dame, you're going to look like you have an idea, the atmosphere is going to be electric, you are playing with some passion, you're playing with energy, you look like you're together, I'd have taken it every day of the week. And so – what I asked a, a, a fan today, a Miami fan, was this. I said, you know, what? how confident were you last Friday that you were going to beat Florida State this year? What, 80%, 90%? Well, how about now on Monday, how confident were you? Because I feel like that confidence level has probably gone down after what you saw from both teams. And so, you know, last week I said it was the quest for 6-6. Six and six. Now I think 6-6 six and six kind of seems like the floor, you know, but – was it the atmosphere? Was it um, just, you know, the energy? Was that what led us to, to kind of play? But I can tell you this. Last year's team, the last three years, if you got down 38 to 20, they'd have packed it up and took it on down the line. This team didn't. And so I was very, very happy with how things went. I will agree with that last statement you made there. This team, uh, the team of these last couple of years, it might well have been, hey, just start to run a clock and let's, let's get on out of here. I do think that such if – you, if you don't get hype for, number one – First game of the season, a, a top ten opponent coming sure. into your arena or your your stadium, full capacity stadium for the first time ever, and the most important person to ever come through your university mm-hmm. has recently passed away, and this is the first time you get a chance to honor him on the field that is named after him. Yeah, I mean, if that don't get your juices flowing, man, we're taking your scholarship. So <laughs> I do think that all those factors, it's it was such a, a perfect environment for a potential upset. It, I mean, honestly, the way that North Carolina game went last year. And the energy and the crowd and everything, it, it was it was an easy upset. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you fed off of that and you made the most of it. They did make a late comeback right there oh, at the yeah. end, but they, oh, were, yeah. they were able to hold off just barely. And it was quite the opposite this year where they were down 18, Mackenzie Milton. You know, it's funny how losing a helmet, we can get a little bit more into that, losing a helmet has brought up quarterback controversies for not only your Florida State Seminoles, but, but my Florida, Florida Gators, Gators as well. well. But Milton, and you and I text a lot during the Florida State game, and it might have not been when you guys were down 18, but at one point in time you texted me and you said, when do you look to give Milton a chance? And my text back to you was, he's going to end up in the hospital again because your offensive right. line has not improved at all. Jordan Travis has been running for his life this entire game, but it's maybe a little bit of the Cody Lang, Bronson Tillotson thing where, hey, if he's going to make the right reason, he's going to get the ball out on time, and he's going to correctly identify where it should go, he's not going to get obliterated. Right. And that's some of the things where Jordan Travis maybe holds onto the ball a little bit too much, maybe doesn't get the pre-snap read where it needs to go, doesn't understand and diagnose the coverage just so correctly, where he's got a schoolyard ball his way through a play sometimes when when Milton has the understanding of, I'm going to get this ball out and it's going to be on time and then I'm going to allow my guys to make plays. I think the roster is a much better roster this year compared to these last couple of years. Um, 
if you were to ask me as a Florida Gator fan, how much more of a chance do I think Florida State has against me, I would maybe give you another 10 15%. Yeah. Oh, against at, Florida, I would agree. But against Miami? Miami, yeah. Louisville? Maybe maybe a little bit more. But again, I show me that energy, show me that passion when, it's, when right. you're at Wake Forest. When you have to create your own mojo and it's not this just stars aligning and wave that, of emotion. That is still the critical game. Mm-hmm. Nothing changes. If you go up to Wake and you lose, then all the goodwill is undone. You know, the recruits were excited. Everybody was excited. I don't... I'm not of the opinion that, oh, you should have started McKenzie Milton. Because like you said, early, before that Notre Dame defense got worn down a little bit, they were in Jordan Travis's grill. And I don't know if McKenzie Milton would have still been upright at the end of the game. Exactly. Um, I was not thrilled with how Jordan Travis played. I thought we'd see a little bit more of a step forward. It was always like he was just a little hesitant. Because last year you could always count on him to break off a run or two. And it's like he just missed those lanes the other night. He never could just get it going. Made a couple poor decisions. Um, you know, people are going to second guess the fourth and two. I get it, yeah. but during the flow of the game, your defense had been out there, been out there. I think Notre Dame was scoring whether you made them go 75 yards or 35. It really didn't. Go ahead. You know, so, I, you know, I don't know about that part. I don't have any big qualms with the coaching decision. The biggest qualm I have was blitzing on third and 16 when a screen or a draw. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you know, we know that's – you should know that that's an option. Mm-hmm. But the players should probably also know that. But still, you know – you can't call that all-out blitz on third and 16 and get beat for 55 yards. That was that was poor. But, you know, we had some things go our way. You, you know, we, we had a little fumble luck where we fell on one on a bad snap. And the bad – who knows? Milton's driving, and I texted you, and I said, is this about to happen? Mm-hmm. He's going in for the win, and then we have a bad snap. And so those are the things that this program still has to clean up because it's not going to be overnight. But I think, I think Mike Norvell has it pointed in the right direction. And I think, I'm just being honest, for for both in-state schools, for Florida and Miami, if he gets it rolling, that should be concerning. More for Miami because they're, you know, and again, it's hard to tell against Alabama because Alabama's going to do that to a lot of people. Oh, yeah. So it's hard to say. But Miami just always seems to be kind of front runners. You know, we're back until we lose one and then we'll lose six. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I, um, I was excited. This weekend's not going to tell us much because it's Jacksonville State. You need to go out there and thump them, though. You know, yeah. you need you don't you Keep need to go out there and send a message, energy, yeah. and then go into wake, and we'll see who starts. You, you know, don't need, it to, look, it it don't need to look like last year's Jacksonville State game. No, not at all. We don't need that. Was that. ridiculous because that's going to be the wrong way. Exactly. So we shall see. But um, yeah, I didn't watch any of your game, but give me your thoughts on the on the Crocs. Yeah, started off well. A couple touchdowns to begin the game, and then Emory kind of got lost a little bit. Had a bad pick in the end zone where you know he just didn't read the coverage right. and mm-hmm. the, the ball was really flat, and it was just one of the easier interceptions you're going to see. The all, fighting Willie Taggarts. All, all year, all year at all. Um, and then there was definitely some miscommunication where on fourth and goal from the four-yard line, a play was signaled in from the sideline, and for whatever reason, Emory went under center and did a quarterback sneak oh, Lord. from the four-yard line. Uh, <laughs> and and if, you, if you watch the play from a more aerial view, I mean, you see the receivers and the running backs. They all start running routes. So everyone yep. seemed to get the play call right, except for, unfortunately, the guy that dictates how the entire play will go more times than not, which is the quarterback. And he kind of just left a lot of points on the board where there was a little moan and groan within the crowd. Defense looked really good, but how much are you going to get going up against FAU? I will say the offensive line also looked good, and again, you could say the same thing. How much of that are you going to get off of FAU? They did return, I think, 10 starters and a, a pretty decent defensive line mm-hmm. where we, I think we rushed for over 400 yards at the end of the game, and that's a, that's a career high for Mullen as far as a, a, a season starter for sure, if, if not altogether. But I think Embry... Definitely didn't do himself any favors by leaving those points on the board. And like we talked about it earlier, Hunter, where you said, or where I actually brought it up, just a helmet coming off brings in yeah. another quarterback. We had a drive going with, actually with Anthony Richardson, it was the third drive, and he lost his helmet where then the very next play was the actually interception that, mm-hmm. that Emory Jones threw. And so you can kind of see, well, Anthony Richardson had it going. And if you follow Florida football closely enough, and if you have the VIP memberships for certain uh, recruiting websites and things, all you've heard is Emory kind of – this is kind of the MO on Emory. 
He's made some incredible throws. He's made some great decisions. He'll stand in there in the pocket when he needs to, but then he'll also miss the most simplest of throws. Yeah. Where that that wasn't a thing these last couple of years with Kyle Trask. Oh, no. No, he was going to make that. And throws. then they say Anthony Richardson. Now, again, he's going against two, so it's always with a grain of salt, in my opinion, that Anthony Richardson just lights it up. Really? That it seems like he, he's got better touch on the ball, and he just has maybe a little bit better understanding of what is required in a throw where Emory is more what you would look back at Michael Vick on, where, all right, it's a two-yard out route or it's a 65-yard bomb. I'm going to put the same amount of velocity on it. Yeah, there's no touch. There's no touch. understanding on that. And, again, the throw was a little behind the receiver, but on that fourth and three where Richardson goes down the sideline to Jamarcus Weston for a big game for the biggest play other than the Richardson touchdown run that he had after it, the ball was behind him. But the the, the loft, the, the arc that the ball had – I don't think Emory would have done that. Now, the guy was wide open either way, so the throw would have got there. But just a touch and the understanding of getting that ball where it needed to get, it just looked a little bit cleaner off of Richardson's hands. I think you're still going to see Emory definitely start USF. But you're going to see a lot of Richardson as well. And you know what? You're not going to see the full playbook until September 18th when Alabama comes to town. There's no way we're going to open up the playbook for Florida Atlantic, and there's certainly no way we're going to open up the playbook in Tampa after NC State beat USF, what, 45-0? 45-0. Yeah, so you're, you're not going to see the full playbook until you address the elephant in the room, which is the elephants coming to your room, <laughs> and it's the roll tide. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny is, you know, every team we cheer for outside of the Jaguars have uh, two quarterbacks right now. Kind of not necessarily controversy, but we all got two quarterbacks and can't decide. No, so. Exactly. We'll see. Did you know that? Do um, you know who's on staff with Willie Taggart at at Florida Atlantic? Heinz Ward. You know that? How about really? That? Yes. He of I what Georgia Bulldog fame. He was at he was at Georgia for a decade. I swear. Yeah. He was there forever. But yeah, man. So you know, good start for both. Obviously, zero and one's not where you want to be if you're Florida State. But hey, progress in the right direction, man. Yeah. I mean, I'll just bite my tongue and you know just say I've never seen a fan base so happy to lose a game. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there's no moral victories. There's not. You can't yeah, have. There's yeah. no moral victories. That would Bobby Bowden's quote. Moral victories like a six foot man drowning in three feet of water. <laughs> you know. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. But there was. I will say this. Milton made a couple throws when he first came in that Jordan Travis don't have. Would, in the just bag. wouldn't have made. He don't yeah, have those. Just in the would bag. not have made. And so and he never will. It's nice to have him there. I hope they play. I'll be honest with you. Not saying Travis can't can't play. He can. He does some things. Improvises. That's all great. I'd ride with Milton. You got him for one year, man. Go get what you can get. I think you're going to need both of them. Travis has never stayed healthy. Milton's coming off catastrophic injury yeah, that nobody's like, ever come Like, I might not ever play football again. Kind might of get injury. my leg amputated. Yeah. So, I mean, we shall see, man. But um, one, one more small note on Florida Gators. We had talked about it last week. I believe I brought it up last week. If not, Andrew Chatfield had entered the transfer portal. Yeah. One of the defensive ends that we have, which kind of – I'm not sure how much we talked about it or even if we talked about it at all, but that, that really wasn't that surprising to me. Maybe not necessarily that name, but if you would have told me someone at that defensive end position entered the transfer portal, wouldn't really surprise me because the numbers are phenomenal there for Florida. Where up the middle defensive tackles, we had a couple gaps in the recruiting lull before Mullen got there where we're having to go get graduate transfer kids to, to fill the void for the time being, but we have not lacked up on recruiting outside. But I heard a joke that... Dan Mullen is so good at the transfer portal, he gets his own players back. Because Andrew Chatfield was on the field, warming up, practicing with the team, and actually even played nice. last Saturday night. So I guess that means he's out of the transfer portal. <laughs> Until well, next week. That's right. That's right. So before we go, like I said, we don't have an interview. You got to don't be that guy this week. We want to go with Brian Kelly. Oh, my gosh. Said. Brian Kelly. If you didn't hear yeah, it, so you go if you're don't be that guy, and and I got a you equal got one, opportunity. You don't got be a, that gal. Yeah, Brian Kelly would be my don't be that guy, and not for anything other than I'm not outraged at what he said, but he tried to make he tried to play off a joke that John McKay made way back in the day, where somebody asked what John McKay thought of his offense's execution, and he said I'm in favor of it. Mm-hmm. So. Brian Kelly, who is not a funny guy, it was so clumsily it was so, done. Yeah, he just delivered it terrible, terrible, and basically said, "I think my whole team needs to be executed." And so, look, man, if you're not a funny guy, don't be that guy. Don't, don't try, try to be, be the guy. guy. Don't try to be that guy. And no one understood that. Nobody at got all. it. Yeah, I mean, I knew what he was saying because you know it took I have, me a minute I, to try to figure it my out. My head is full of like trivia that that means nothing. You know what I'm saying? I don't have any useful knowledge. Like we were in the Deerwoods last week trying to put together feeder and guys are talking about how we need to do it and what we need. And I can't even envision what they're talking about. And I told them, guys, like, if you need me to set up a bunt defense or 
got some trivia, some say by the belt trivia you want to talk about, I'm I'm here for you. But I'll just hold whatever y'all tell me to hold and we'll go from there. Yeah, we should maybe do useless that. Useless information. We should maybe do that like one time. I've noticed in your office that you have some office related things. The well, office, maybe, yeah. maybe we could have like an office trivia, like where we bring in, yeah. let's say, a, a Jeff Lee as a moderator or something Ooh. like that, where we could ask I'm not questions. an office expert. I've seen them and I, I enjoy the office, but I'm well, not well, an expert. Well, yeah, we could figure something out. Yeah. All right, so that you got anything else for Don't Be That Guy? For you? No, that's it, man. What's yours? All right, well, you know, I go to the University of Florida who... Uh-huh. People like to thumb their people who attend there or have attended there like to thumb their nose up at other universities. Yeah. Um, most recently, going into the FAU game, there was a, a fraternity that had a sign that said, "All the all the major universities in the state of Florida," and it was denied, denied, denied. And at the very end, it said FAU, and it said accepted. Yeah. Which, as an alum from there of a semester, that also mm. highly offended me. But getting back to the, my major point of UF sometimes being a little bit snooty with their education points, there was a viral video, and I saw a couple photos today of it as well, where there is a, give her, give her credit, a girl doing homework in the swamp oh God. during the FAU Oh, game. God. She was doing homework. Yeah. Had her MacBook Pro out, had her her book bag there with her which i can't believe security let her buy with all that stuff honestly that's 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 kind of surprising yeah, that is weird and if you have ever been inside the swamp it it literally is a swamp it drains all cell service i will send a text message in the first quarter and when i'm back in live oak seven hours later it will finally say delivered <laughs> i don't know how this girl thought she was getting anything done there must be a freshman yeah so don't be that gal when you get a chance to be inside the swamp, to be an ins- inside any stadium, week one, first time full capacity in close to two years, do your homework after, do your homework before, don't be that gal, and do your homework during the game. Yeah, don't be that. Don't be that. I was never that. I, but, no, I mean, you know, gal part for sure. But <laughs> doing the homework during the game. It's 2021. May, maybe even before and after. Let's not get into that because my mom listens, you know, to the yeah. podcast. So we'll talk about, yes, of course I did my homework. But during the game, leave me alone. That's right. I don't even like to be in society. <laughs> like, I, I, I want to be like in an insane asylum with like just styrofoam you. padded walls and That's a right. very large TV <laughs> and a soundproof room so no one can hear. Maybe we'll, if we get back to being good again, I'll do that. But for now, I'm emotionally, I'm not emotionally checked out. I was emotionally invested the other night. I'll say it. I was in it. I was excited. I was trying not to wake up my kids. Okay. Well, we appreciate you being with us again this week. And, um, you know, like I said, ch- check out the social media for updates on Friday night's game. And we'll be back with you next week whether we play or not. But until then, go, go dogs. dogs.